PR Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everyone. Welcome again to another special edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Remember, we want you to like, share, and subscribe to not just this podcast and interview, but all the programming on Pro Cannabis Media and PCM TV, our 24-7 channel on Roku and Apple TV. Joining us in our In the Weed studio this day is a guy by the name of Todd Davis. He is the CEO of Index Corporation out of Arizona. Todd, how are you today? Fantastic. Thanks for having me today. Happy to be here. Happy, I'm really happy that we connected. Tell me a little bit about Index because uh, this company has been around for a, a few decades. Am I right? It's been quite a while. It's over 20 years now. So they've, they've seen their share of changing of economies, changing of business models, changing of the times. And in 2013, uh, Index became the eighth publicly traded to, uh, eighth publicly traded company to have anything to do with the the cannabis industry so we initially launched in as a compliance and software tracking solution for government tracking to uh to the grower tracking of cannabis to help maintain compliance from the government to to the point of sale and we couldn't really as a public company being based in the u.s we couldn't touch the plant so we had to figure out a ways to wrap what we knew around it, which was tech. Gotcha. And uh, those ancillary companies in the cannabis space uh, are also taking up more of a percentage of the industry too. I mean, you don't have to be a plant touching uh, licensee to actually operate in the cannabis industry. Right, Todd? That's correct. I mean, there it's the picks and shovels story. There's, there's, Everywhere there's a problem, there's a solution on both sides of that problem. So there's so many problems in the cannabis space due to the lack of things to comply to, the lack of regulation, the state to state differential, and at the federal level, there's, <laughs> there's a ton of ways to make money and, and, you know, and prosper from the inefficiencies that the current industry is. <laughs> well, I think the biggest inefficiency and the biggest problem facing the industry, of course, is the still the banking situation and i'm sure you're familiar with what's going on in washington dc or what's not going on in washington dc depending on how you look at things in politics uh where do you think and do you think this is the year that banking will finally make its way through the senate and enter into the cannabis space i think it is i think they've um they've essentially stripped the banking act away from the more act Mm -hmm. And the politicians keep attaching the one simple thing that will stabilize the industry, which is consistent banking, consistent capital markets, uh, and structure to the industry that then you can build compliance metrics to. You can bring states and governments in that all have a central corridor to operate within. They've now attached the State Banking Act to the, uh, the Competes Act. So that's a whole different funding process that's for small business, for chip manufacturing to compete against the world. It seems like a good fit. And now there's, there's rumblings out there where they, they've now separated the decriminalization and the descheduling of the plant itself away from the banking component. So that banking, once that goes through, it's game on. You know, all the capital that's come into the United States has come in through Canada. 
it's not coming through the U.S. So the U.S. traditional investment banks haven't participated. That's a lot of capital sitting on the sideline. And now that we've had basically the shakeout of the industry, you've had a bunch of people run for the run for the money, and a whole bunch of people have disappeared and failed and collapsed. Now real entities are starting to develop. Consolidation is already starting. Critical mass is building out, and there's still room for the independent grower, the independent store owner. So I think banking is that last bastion that is necessary to really make this a successful industry for the U.S. Can and I, I'm sure you're familiar with what's going on in Washington, D.C., in the Senate and all this. Do you actually see a scenario where the Democrats who seem to be leading the major reform can get to the Republicans and the Republicans can say, uh, or the Democrats can ask the Republicans, what do you want, Mr. Republican Party, in order to move this forward? And is the only thing that they may even answer will allow you to have banking? It's possible. Because then it's kind of, all right, we gave you banking, go do what you got to do. You know, it's kind of a hands-off approach to the Republicans. It makes it look like they've done what they need to create a compliance platform. The Democrats have too much pork attached to their, to their bill. So the, the, the Republicans can't. So they got to clean off the edge of the, the, the bill and they have to find a common ground. And I think that is where, you know, I think that's where we're at. Schumer is out there as we've mentioned, he's out there politicking and asking the questions for Republicans behind closed doors. What do you want? And I think my gut feeling is this, is they don't want to expunge records. They want to decriminalize it and then automatically give prisoners the ability to get out of jail free card because they were caught with weed. And then, you know, over the last 30, 40 years, they've been using marijuana as a way to prisonize somebody but even though they've done another crime and it's just they only had circumstantial evidence, it's a mess. So yeah. you, have to unwind, you have to unwind the evils, but you can't do it in a clean sweep. It'll be a disaster for uh, policy and it'll be disaster for you know, people coming out that shouldn't be coming out of prison. Right. And, it, and it's a shame because I remember the day that they announced that act uh, in the last summer and um, Senator Schumer and Senator Booker um, immediately got into a little bit of a rift there because Senator Booker is more focused on the expungement issues. And right. Senator Schumer would like to see everything uh, taken care of under one regulatory body with a huge tax. And that's not going to fly. So it, it's almost like nothing has gotten done since last summer. But there has been a lot of talk. Are you at all encouraged that at least our politicians are looking at cannabis as a political issue that perhaps can be negotiated for a win on both sides? I think so. I, I think the Democrats definitely need a political win. You know, they, they, it could have happened into the eight years of Obama, but they didn't want that to be the, the highlight of that particular administration. Trump was, uh, I think he was in support of banking and traditional business from that standpoint. So if you take those two sides of the equation and you bring them together, there is a common ground for everybody there. They, as usual, politicians are gonna mess it up. And they're, you know, they wanna stick their own favorite things in there to get themselves one extra vote. And I think we're past that. I think they're at a point right now where you actually have to drink, drag in the international markets here. Right after the election, in the high court in Czechoslovakia, they, they deemed hemp and cannabidiol as non-narcotic. You had to have that happen in a high court outside the United States. 
The United States can't be the leader in decriminalization or descheduling because they're the ones that put the laws in effect. So you have to have a high court somewhere else to do it. Now you got your patsy or you, you have your guy that's gonna take the pressure. They submit that into the UN. The UN says, yes, let's get rid of it. We made a mistake in 1961. So now you have a, a series of events that can take place. As soon as the UN said, we're gonna deschedule it and decriminalize it, then Nancy Pelosi throws out, say, we're gonna get this you know, decriminalized. And so that set everything in motion. That one decision in Czechoslovakia, which may not seem big to everyone else, but that's the trigger point. And once that, once that goes through and the UN says this is no longer illegal, now the US can change all the rules they want and make it the most profitable industry in the world, including Asia and all the other countries that abide by UN law. So I think that one mechanism was what gave me hope back into the industry. Trigger that, get these things done, US comes in as the big entrepreneur in the industry and you know, reclaims the lead in this, in this business. Yeah, it, it, it was the United States Supreme Court, actually, that shot down the uh, Marijuana Tax Act of 1937 when Timothy Leary got busted for right. possession at the border. And, and you know, what was it a year and a half? It was actually out there. I think that's when Woodstock happened, too, was in 1969. So that it seems like Asian history, doesn't it now? And, and here we are in the 21st century, and we haven't really moved forward, have we? Yeah, I mean, it, you talk about ripple effects. Nine, if you talk about 1940, then that led to 1961, led to 1970, and here we are with antiquated rules and regulations, not applying the science, not following the science. It's just, it's, it's blatant, it's not incompetence, it's just negligence to the duties that are out there. The demands of the public, the demands of economy, the, the demands of capital markets support this. Now the politicians just do your job, you know, and that's what everybody wants. And I, when I first got into the business, I used to talk about compliance. And I said, listen, if there's nothing to comply to, then there's, there's no rules and regulations in the industry. It's never going to be a sound industry. We have to learn to comply, create our own compliance metrics, something that can be dealt with and, and complied to. It doesn't have to be restrictive. It just has to be some type of infrastructure. So I think that's where we're at. It feels like, you know, 2022 is the year for that. Well, I'm, I'm glad that there's some encouraging thoughts out there from industry leaders like yourself, because uh, I'm not sure where I stand. I know one thing, uh, these politicians that we put in place for years and years and years certainly now don't look like what the entire United States looks like anymore. I'm not going to get into politics about term limits and that sort of thing, but I really would like to see the greatest country in the world with the best political system actually get out of their own way and actually start to govern for the people, by the people. That's why they're there, isn't it, Todd? I think so. You know, I always believe in the checks and balance of our republic. You have the three different sectors. There's always a check and a balance. So you have to rely on that system to bring you to common ground. And the, the marijuana industry, the cannabis, uh, the cannabis movement, is exemplifies why this is so important. But they've been trying to control the edges of the triangle. They're trying to control and keep away and use it as a tool to get what they want. And that's, it's good for up to a certain point, but they've overextended their stay on that that, that part of the whole process. Absolutely. So, let's get, let's get back. Yeah, let's get back to your company, shall we? Because I think sure. that's why we wanted to talk to, yeah. talk today. Tell us about Index. I understand you've got um, it's a big company. You've been in it now for quite a while. Uh, there are actually three divisions of what you've created at Index, correct? Correct. 
So where we're at today is, you know, as the, as the industry changed, what we brought to the market in software and compliance and regulatory uh, tools that would help clients perform better in the market, it just was way too soon. So as rules and regulations come in, it's going to be a vital component in the industry. In 2014, when the, the hemp pilot program began, that's when I kicked in. And I said, listen, guys, this is where we can sit and this is where we can thrive. So we actually, um, we looked at cannabidiol as the primary molecule that we wanted to look at. We looked at it more of as a biotech play, a therapeutic component. What we wanted to understand was dosing, delivery systems. How do you take it? Because right now everybody was either extracting it and taking oil or they were vaping it. There was no way to regulate or monitor, you know, monitor actual dosing. So I recruited doctors. We did some basic dosing tests on each type of format that CBD was being used in, and we got real results. That was the extraordinary thing. We tested it on diabetic neuropathy patients. That's nerve pain. There's almost no pharmaceutical product out there that can relieve nerve pain without masking it, suppressing it, blocking it, doing something that causes the body to react negatively to that delivery system. The CBD was showing immediate relief and then sustained relief over time on these neuropathy patients. So these are people that are taking 15, 18 pills a day for various different things. They were able to cut back on the amount of pills they took. They were, either, they were able to go potty better. They were sleeping better. They were starting to stabilize and, and reach equilibrium within one month of using CBD. That's when we knew this is the real deal. This molecule really does work. We've got to find out more. That was the premise. So the science and the compliance all came together. We started developing consumer products under a brand called CBD Unlimited. And since then, we've, we've been a leader in opening up the markets. We're in food drug mass. We're in Walgreens and CVS. And we're growing rapidly right now because we survived. You know, there was a retraction during COVID, but the products that we manufacture, they work for one, they're dosed correctly and people rebuy them. That rebuy is because they work. There's a lot of products out there that did not work. They were just, hey, we got CBD in the product, let's sell it. There is, a, there is some science to this whole equation. So Index has built out CBD Unlimited, Blesswell and our pet division. And we, were, we now have a nice, robust, highly effective, therapeutic platform for CBD that meets the needs of the consumers at mass retail. And that's where we're very proud of it and we're growing rapidly right now. Um, there's, there's still so much research that needs to be done in this space with this plant and they do seem to be discovering new cannabinoids every day. Uh, the, the CBG, the CBN that supposedly is going to put ambient out of business at some point uh, are in this plant that grows rather naturally and god put this plant on earth for medicinal purposes i really do believe that and now we're just starting to scratch the surface on research to find out some of the benefits not just of what thc does the intoxication of the plant of the, the cannabinoid that, that makes you high or gets you intoxicated now you've got cbd cbn cbg are there other cannabinoids that you're seeing in research and hearing about that may have as much of an impact as what we're seeing with CBD? Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, even in the early stages when they were first learning how to extract out the oil, the plant, a lot of the plants would naturally have more CBDA, the acid 
the pre-component of cannabidiol. So in time, the plant changes. Every molecule in the plant changes to another molecule in the plant over time, sunlight exposure, oxygen, and, and water. So it's an ever-changing plant. It's not always that predictable. You have to catch it at the right cycle. And these molecules work in, they work well together. So CBD and CBDA work really well together. It's more of an efficient delivery system. If you only have CBD, 